This is Good Night Harlem. You can feel it in the streets on a day like this day. It feels like summer. I know y'all feel that, New York. Episode 34. The sounds of Mr. Donald Glover, aka Childish Gambino. Episode 34. Yes, do you want more? I'm you coming in strong today. Yeah, I got two bars. <laughs> Listen, I'm glad we played that because everyone at my job is like, oh, summer's over. Nah, bish. Summer's only over for people that have kids and they have to go back to school and their whole schedule's off. Summer is still going on for me until the 21st. How about that? To the 22nd, to be exact. Whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of summer, I want to start this podcast with a story. Um, so Avia, magic carpet time. You guys know, you guys know that we live in New York City, and living in New York City, we tend to take public transportation. Most of us don't use cabs. Most of us don't have a car because if you use cabs, it's way more expensive than it needs to be to get around. Okay, I said all that to say, on my early morning commute, I saw something the other day that I want to engage with you, and I want to get your take on whether or not the woman was wrong for the way she reacted. Okay. So you know just as well as I do in the summer, specifically in the summer riding train, there is occasion there is on occasion you can get into a train that doesn't have air conditioning. Mm-hmm. We all know none of us want to be a part of that. You will go from cart to cart to make sure that you avoid that at all costs. Now, one thing that also is crazy in the summertime is the actual platform. The platform can be hotter than outside. Yeah. Which if you don't live in New York City, you have no idea what you I'm don't talking even about. Know. The, U-O-E-N-O. the platform is essentially where you have to wait for the next train to come. And I'm telling you, it is sweltering. It is, I swear, if it's 90 degrees outside, it's like 110 on the platform. It's like you're in a sauna. So, I get to 96th Street. We are in a packed train. When I say packed, like you can't get on, you can't on get off. Work? Yeah, you can't get on, you can't get off. And I'm like, okay, F it. I'm getting out at this stop because I'd rather try to try to make it onto the one that's impending that's coming. So as I get out, I notice that the people are shoving themselves in, blah, blah, blah. There is a big, and when I say big, she's like, she's at least 220. Mm-hmm. This woman. She's 220, probably five foot nine, very like stocky yes yes stout stout next town this woman this woman this woman's clearly either uh puerto rican or some form of hispanic like she just looks she looks the part she's next to a black guy who has dreads both of them are like crammed in you can't fit anybody else in there's a little bitty asian woman she cannot and when i say she cannot i mean she cannot be anything more than four foot five she can't be four foot five. I'm not joking. She can't you mean be five, four, she, four foot five. What? Four. You mean so she was four a midget. Four, no, that's not a. First off, a that is derogatory. Per, a little person. That is, okay. I'm sorry. She didn't they mean changed, that. They changed. That's it up. a dwarf. We, actually, we used to be able to say midget back in the what day. No, I, I didn't realize that was such a big thing. I don't. I'm sorry. She was a little person, right? Yeah. Why are you doing that? Yes. I, you should have just said that because when you say she's she's a little person, when you said she's small, I'm thinking she's just petite, not like an actual different subset of height. Like you know, she's the heightest, clearly, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. I okay. Just no. <laughs> she's a dwarf. Oh, she's not. Wow. A- Okay. She's not a little person. She's a dwarf. Wait, you can't say little person anymore? No, you can, but she's not a little person. A little person would be even shorter than that. Oh, okay. There's just too many technicalities. I can't with you right now. There really is. Like... <laughs> too many. I okay. Can't. You're right. She's a dwarf. <laughs> I can't. I wanna... I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend nobody. I, I really didn't mean to. I'm sorry. This is this is my podcast partner, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay. So, the, the, the small Asian woman... Decides she's going to get on this train, even though there is no room. She lowers her shoulder and (laughs) runs full speed into the back of the big woman. Like between her legs? She looked like, 
Let's say the, the, the big woman has her back <laughs> to her. The, the big woman has her back to her. I she you always <laughs> see some crazy ass She stuff. She lowers her shoulder on some football shit. Right. To ram her <laughs> and try to push her. Like pack her in. Yes. And she basically bounces off. And she's like, the Asian woman goes, you need to let me on. I need to go to the next stop. Like, she's like, I need to go to the next stop for work. The woman goes... There is no room. And why did you do that? Wow. <laughs> and so the, the 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 black guy turns, he's extremely he's like, what are you doing? Like he's yelling. He's like, what at, are you doing? Who? The the Asian woman, because oh. when he when she did the shoulder in, she bounced off, but she <gasps> hit both of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even funny, but it is. <laughs> so so she she, she goes to go do it a second time. Because she's like, I, I got to get on this train. She's yelling, I got to get on this train. So she goes to lower her head again. I can't make this up even if I wanted to. <laughs> the bigger woman grabs her as she's coming towards her, grabs her neck like what? Undertaker style. <laughs> I'm not messing around. Grabs her neck. this stuff all the time. Grabs her neck Undertaker style and launches her. And I say oh, launches her. My she gosh. threw her at minimum four or five feet. Shut up. That's taller Which, than her. Okay. That so th- that part of it wasn't funny to me at all. Because when the woman landed, you heard a thud. It was like she, she fell on the platform? Yeah, which is why I didn't think that was funny. So what did the people on the train think? Nothing. Nobody said a word. Did nobody they see even it? moved. No, no nobody no one sa- noticed it except for the people you and yeah, the people that were around. But nobody said anything. And this is how I know we're in New York. Because nobody overreacted. They were like, well. So the woman who hits the ground really hard, like, tries to stand up, but she can't. So she just kind of lays there for, like, an additional, oh like, 20, 30 seconds. And, and the then the doors still- close. Oh, okay. And then, like, you see the bigger woman, like, pointing, like, if you want more, like, basically, like, if you want some more of this, come get it. Oh, my gosh. You couldn't even write this. Right. And a script if you wanted to, like. So when I get to work, I, I talked to a couple people, um, and and it, it was it was fluctuating opinions on what should or shouldn't happen there, and if the woman was wrong for putting her hands on her, and what we as pedestrians should have done when watching the situation. So I'm here to ask you: Do you feel like it was wrong for the woman to grab her by the neck? And launch her. I'm I'm leaving one part of this the story out on purpose because I just want to know genuinely if you feel like it's wrong to launch somebody. So if you're leaving a part of the story out, then my answer is based off of you leaving this part out, and how is that going to be accurate? Because I don't. I feel like it skews the narrative a little. But based wait, on it's the part asking of people. the story though, so it can't skew anything. But my response, because then I'll give you a full response based off of the full story. <sighs> Okay. Here, I, okay. Here's, here's, if I already have my idea in my mind of what it is, mm-hmm. I'll let you know if it's changed after this. Okay. I'll All be right. honest. Fair. Okay. This is what happened. The the Asian woman says to the bigger woman, she's like, move. I'm getting on this train. Before she goes in the second time. Oh. Oh. Huh. <laughs> well. <laughs> Yeah, well, that would change everything. <laughs> no. Um, can I ask one question before I answer the question? Um, when she was, when the Asian lady was ramming herself into the train, mm. at what point of the bigger lady's body did she hit height-wise? Like, where did she land when she was trying to squeeze herself in? Was Her head landed on what part of that lady's body? It was sh- shoulder you mean shoulders? Like she's using her shoulder to try. But to, where? Her, where is her shoulder? Like what hit? part of that bigger lady's body is that shoulder hitting? I'm oh, get a sense it's, of like it's basically you... like her butt. Okay, all right. So it's like a padded area. So it's not something that would hurt too much. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, I don't think that the lady should have undertakered her, but. And that that does not change regardless of that new addition to the story or not. I also don't think that the Asian lady should have been ramming herself in like that. But because, if you got somewhere to go, 
right, well, there's multiple entrances to the train. This is not the only one. Yeah, but it it's clearly crowded everywhere and she's If it's clearly crowded everywhere, why do you think that this is the best place to get on? You know what I'm saying? But if okay, I'm I'm not trying to play devil's advocate. I'm just saying this, and just because in the situation, I got it. Because she's like, I'm running late. Guess what? I've been in that. We've all been in that same situation, and yes, we haven't all been dwarves in that same situation. So that changes things. Um, as far as lifestyle goes, I think it changes people's perception of you and having to work harder to do things that us normal size people do. Did I say something wrong? Just okay, keep going. Sorry, I didn't mean to say nope. normal. I meant to say yep. common. You're, you're all in on this. I meant to say common. Okay. Um, say what you want. Okay. I said normal size. I didn't say normal people. Um, but I don't think... We've all been in that situation. If I'm late and I see that there's no room in that car... I'm thinking of an additional alternatives. What if you're on strike, what if you're on strike three at your job, though? What if I'm you're not, on strike I'm three? I'm still not thinking about ramming somebody as big as the lady that you, you have mentioned. If anything, I'll think of going to a different entrance and seeing if there's more room there. Because if I see a bigger person, I know for sure there's no room at all. That's my first thought. My first thought is don't go in the, the entrance that has the biggest lady. <laughs> like come on like be like it's like be strategic about this and i feel like as a smaller person you should be even that more st- strategic and for you to think that it's okay to ram yourself in because you're smaller and you're I was going to say that you want She's special so- treatment cuz a lot of people that are that that's the but, thing a lot of people get mad if they get special treatment if they're blind or if they're if they have some sort of disability or or there's something that makes them different from everyone else and so it's like the lady was literally treating her like she was five four instead of four or five and what she did was rude regardless of size okay i will agree with you on that part yes i doubt the lady would have grabbed her by the I, neck yeah. if she had not done that twice and made that commentary i'm not rationalizing what the bigger lady did i'm just saying she didn't take it there on the first time i know she took i know it there so, After a couple times. So hold on. I think what escalated is that she didn't apologize right away. Like, has she apologized for that initial? I, I don't. I don't believe she would have been able to get her in though, because there really wasn't room. Uh huh. But at least try to have that conversation. There really wasn't room. No. when This girl was trying to get in. There's not even room for you, chick. No. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't know. And I feel like I don't want to be racial right now. I was about to. I was about to. Please say. don't be. Uh, no, no, but listen, let me tell you something. I, I will say this, and the, this is what I've noticed from like Asian tourists, and I, I'm not saying that this is the same thing, but the concept of space is not there. Okay. It's not there at all. I have been in spaces, whether it be on the train or in the elevator or in just anywhere that, where there actually is space, and a lot of times they will be right up under you. Like, it's nothing, and it doesn't bother them. Because maybe where they come from, that's just the way things are, and they're accustomed to it. But for me, I'm like, bruh, I need three feet of personal space. And I know in New York, sometimes that's not possible, but give me something. Like, you know what I'm I saying? Think, I, so, I'm not trying to, I'm not going to go down my thoughts, because I've rehashed this with multiple people. Mm-hmm. So, this is the only thing I'm going to say about this. It was this. all wrong. All of I, it was wrong. I don't condone any of it. I, I will say this much, though. If you really do have somewhere to go... I'm not wait. I'm not saying it's right. If you really do have somewhere to go, mm-hmm. it, it would behoove you to be as nice as you possibly can to get around the barriers that exist. That lady, you know what you should what she should have done? If she really wanted to make sure and ensure that she got on the train, she should have asked that bigger lady to pick her up and hold her. I'm t- <laughs> because if she played that sympathy card, like, could you please? I'm sorry, could okay. you please? That is how we are opening the show. That is how we You gotta think of all, all all possibilities. Don't just ram yourself in. Girl, who do you think you are? Yeah, that you would make also me not want to give you space even somebody more. four to five feet. But you're thinking of a reaction as opposed to the You didn't the hear this thud. You didn't hear this thud. I don't agree a with whole that. human like body I said, I don't agree hit with the ground. But that lady shouldn't have done what she did in the first place. On some world star shit. Yeah, and okay, and as to answer your question about what you should do as a passenger, listen, we live in New York, man. Like, everything is not your battle. 
You know what I'm saying? You got a 5'9", 220-pound woman, and you got a 4'5 lady, and they're both not picking on, on someone their own size. So what? what Which what is why you shouldn't make, throw some... <laughs> what sense does it make for me to come in as the door closed and be and telling the lady, oh, you shouldn't have done that. I don't want her to do nothing to me. <laughs> I got a life to live, too. No. But it, is, but it is a such thing as right and wrong. There is. And they were both wrong. So I'm not going to tell that lady anything. I'm trying to get somewhere, One too. One is much more wrong than the other one. Did you say something to the lady? No. and that's, exactly. that's why, No, but that's why everybody was like, yo, why don't you say something? Uh, I bet you everyone that was like, why don't you say something wouldn't have said anything either. <laughs> People always talking about, why don't you do this? Were you there? You wouldn't have done it either. No, I... No, I if felt they like saw this what is you the saw, truth. No, they but this is the truth. I genuinely felt like in the moment, and I was wrong for thinking this, she deserved that. And I'm wrong for thinking that because she hit the ground so fucking hard. The point is, be kind to everyone. Don't think just just because you are a certain person that you can treat someone else a certain way. I just did. like she is short, that other lady was fat. And they can both be looked at as shortcomings when it comes to being a person in, in America. So both of them need to be nice to each other. Simple as that. Fair. <laughs> well, that's how we're opening this show. We've been gone for at least a month. Y'all. It's my fault. So this should be fun. This should be fun. We have a lot of topics. What we're going to do today is focus on hyper good nights. They're going to be extended hyper good nights. We're going to just have good conversations about a lot of different things that have happened over the past few weeks. So, Avia, let's start with, and I'm going to actually, uh, I'm going to actually be the person that starts with this. Eminem released his new album, Kamikaze, and on this album, he called out a bunch of the young rappers and... He basically used this album in a specific two songs to determine what's good hip hop versus what's not. Hmm. I have a lot of thoughts on this. Now, and you from Michigan, so that's your boy. Right. Right. I I, I am I am a Eminem defender. I've defended mm-hmm. him a lot in the past, mm-hmm. and this is going to be one of the first times where I won't defend him. <gasps> I'm good nighting Eminem on this whole on the ringer thing. or the whole album. I'm I'm good nighting his antics to towards the young people specifically. So I'm 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 happy for him that his sales numbers came back and he did moderately well. Like I'm happy for him on that. Um, his sales numbers are better than his last albums were, and I am one of the people that also thought his last album wasn't that good. But what I do not appreciate is him talking about the youth in a way that's demeaning. Uh, I definitely think he should be more or less taking the Jay-Z approach about all of this to be, to quote Jay-Z, he basically said, and, and, and old niggas, don't act, yeah, don't act like Tupac didn't have a nose ring too. Like, seriously, this isn't new. Them talking about what they're talking about isn't new, and it's weird that you would call them out on not only their lyricism but the the but flows that they're using. Not not only about the lyricism. Well, Jay Z went as far as to call out DOA, DOA, and like saying "Death of Auto Tune," which is really funny because then he had to eat that because he ended up doing a song with Future which years later. Had to have Auto Tune on it, right? Years later, so he's had the dead most of his thoughts around most of this stuff. So Eminem, what I'm saying is you're 46 years old. You are for, you're damn near 50 years old. And you're basically saying that what these guys are doing isn't hip hop enough for you, which then could potentially cause people not to want to listen to their music and then you cut off their source of income that's helping their family. Stop it. You're rich as fuck. Worry about you. Mm. Like, seriously. And on top of that, to talk about their flow is one thing. But to talk about the content that they actually create. Motherfucker, you are the king of pill popping. You started that shit. You are the king of... Slim Shady, that character was based around pill popping. Yeah, he has addiction issues. You are also the king of depression. Talking about family shit. Talking about wacky shit that has nothing to do with anything. You champion that. Honestly, a lot of these motherfuckers are spawns of you with Lil Wayne flow. Literally. You, what are you mad about? 
In the great words of Nikki, all these bitches is your sons. <laughs> like seriously. All these bitches. I mean, honestly. She made a song with Nikki with that in it. <laughs> she already, he already did. Called shit it on him. So you're right. You're absolutely right. I forgot all about that. So here's where I'm at with this. I've never been more disappointed with Eminem than this whole kamikaze thing. Wow. Lyricism aside. Because he can rap words on words with other words almost better than anybody I've ever heard do it. Like, that says about him. But where he loses me is the content in which he talks about. He actually used his full last album to try to be a little bit more conscious and have content that was more backpack rapperish, basically. And nobody wanted that from him for a bunch of reasons. One, um, look at your past. You can't be the guy saying all these lines around things that you should and shouldn't do and this is how race relations are, blah, 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 when you're the person frequently using the F word amongst gay people. You're the person that's talked about domestic violence and wanting to not only harm your girlfriend and wife at the time, but you've also talked about wanting to harm your mom. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. You can't be the arbiter. You can't be that guy. Right. That's not that's not coming from you. And that's no disrespect. Seriously. Because I still view him as a top tier rapper of all time. He is if he's not in your top twenty, I don't know. Something's wrong. Something's off. But that's just my two cents. But is he talking about anything? Is the other side of it. So when you, you talk about these younger kids, you're talking about the youth, and you're talking about they're not saying anything on these records, but what the fuck are you saying? Like literally, what are you saying? You're rhyming words with words, and I'm very happy that you can do that. Multiple syllable words and everything, but seriously. You said multiple. You said some SAT words. No, but seriously, but what are you really talking about? Um, yeah, That's it. That's all I got on him. What do you feel about the whole album, though? I think the album's good. It's oh, much okay. better than his last album. I think the album's good. It's what I would expect from Eminem, but... I don't Just want him. The whole I don't want him talking about the backlash. youth. I don't want him talking about the youth. Don't do that, and don't and don't do it to create cred for your album. That's weird, bro. I'm gonna hype night it. I didn't. I really didn't want to hype night it, but as I was listening to you talk, I mean, I have to agree with you. I'm not really into the whole hypocrite thing. <laughs> <laughs> not, not really. really. I'm, not, I'm not. I don't really do hypocrites like that. <laughs> Um, oh, I think, so, gonna, I think sometimes no I've said things that have been hypocritical to other things that I've said on this podcast. And, you know, I don't like that as well. But I'm a work in progress. But um, I try not to be that way. And I feel like everyone should try not to be that way. So at the point where you are creating a whole song being a complete hip- hypocrite, you're not trying to be that way. You're trying to be the opposite. Or maybe, I don't know. I, I Part of me wondered why he came with this intensity about other people. Like I feel That's like, easy to know. I, I, I can answer that. I you. mean, but I feel like he's been kind of like sitting up bored in his mansion. Like, man, I want to rap again. And this is what really irks me. And he's seeing people flourish while he's sitting back. No, it, I'm, it's because of his he, last album. His last well, see, album. I didn't listen to his last. His album. last album did so poorly and got such bad reviews. It was the first time he's ever experienced that in his entire life. And so then, for other people to be propped up, he's like, "How are you propping this up?" And I'm giving you bars, right? And people are like, "Yeah, but yo shit." But they're not resonating with the younger audience. Ooh, he don't want to hear that. So I think he's upset that he knows that he has this talent that's not resonating with the younger audience and. So he feels the need to backlash. And, you know, I'm from the Eminem generation, so I can understand that feeling. It's almost like Joe Budden in a way, the way that he looks down on some some of these rappers. is like everyone calls Joe Budden like this old man, and he just, you know, he's just mad that and him and people Joe are right flourishing. Now are each other I know. Because which is, he talked which is, about Joe on the record. Which is interesting because they're both in the same, like, to me, they're on the same side when it comes to that that sort of thing. But... They're both um, they're both rapidly rap dudes. They yeah, they're rapidly rap dudes that don't like the way that hip hop is going right now, and and they want that to be changed, but they're not in a position to really change it because no one's checking for them on that wavelength. Unfortunately, um, 
I haven't listened to this album, so I can't give my views on that. But The Ringer, I feel like it was good lyrical content. I feel like um, it was cool to see uh, Machine Gun Kelly, who I haven't heard his name in the last five years. Um, it was cool to see him actually come back with a diss because anyone who can step to one of the best lyricists in the game, I I commend. And he came kind of hard. like. Wait, this is video. supposed to be our next hyper good night, oh, but Avia's just bad. going off on it. Well, so wait, transition. Oh, so, wait so, a second. Hype night on Eminem and on Machine Gun Kelly. I'm gonna hype that. So the question here, uh, the, the second one is around MGK's response to Eminem because he was one of the people that Eminem actually brought up. Do you hype? Are you hype? Or are you good nighting MGK's uh, rap devil diss? I'm to hyping him? it. I'm hyping it a hundred percent. And, you know, I know that their beef started off of a, a, a harmless tweet about Haley. Like, it really was not that bad, honestly. It was not that bad. Well, Haley was also 16. And MGK was 20 or 21. I mean, Kylie and Tyga, whatever. Um, <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm not condoning We it. just canceled but- R. Kelly over all of this, but continue. <laughs> Carry on. That's the thing. Very like, good. he didn't do anything with Haley, though. That's the thing. It's like, he tweeted, like... Um, I I commend MGK for even coming back with a video and chorus and like he had everything set up and he came correct. Like I was sitting there listening to it, like wow, I I, I can respect this. Like this to me is on par, honestly. And a lot of people may not agree with me because they are such diehard M fans that it's like if it's not on that level, then no. But he really actually impressed me. And that's only because I don't really listen to him that much to know what his skill set could be. And for him to come at a diss to one of his idols, that has to feel some sort of way. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, absolutely. It has to feel some sort of absolutely. way that the person that you're dissing, you're creating these rhymes and bars for, is the person that paved the way for you as a white rapper and that, you, that has something against you. And it could just be because of... Um, I don't know, just scared of someone taking your spot in the game. I don't know. I have no idea, but I commend him for it, and I enjoyed it. And for me, it's like I think I hype my the whole M thing because I enjoy this white rat beef. I think it's cool. <laughs> I'm like, finally, we need something different. Like, I'm so tired of little who and little who against little who. Like, I, I can't. <laughs> like, this is actually, like, I'm here for it. Like, Little who, little who, little who. <laughs> Switch it up. I like it. Keep it going, you know? So what about you? I I hyped the shit out of the MGK disc. I was so happy for him, man. Like, and he did that. It was one of the first times I've ever heard somebody make a diss track at Eminem that I thought was great pretty much throughout. Yeah. He, he probably only had two or three moments in there where I was like, oh, that was a trash line. But... Okay, if you give me, if you if you can give me, I don't know, forty bars and three of them are trash. I can live with that. I can live with that all day. Um, It wasn't sophisticated, so I don't. I wouldn't expect that from NGK either. But it didn't need to be sophisticated. He got to the point. He created a narrative. Anybody that can create a narrative and change the way people are thinking, which this is going to come up again when we have further conversations about some of our other topics. But whenever you can change the narrative and the way that people view a certain situation, that's key. Like, I I equate this to a very Drake-ish move. Um, Drake has done this numerous amounts of times in his career and changed the narrative of something. And a perfect example is the way people view his ghostwriting stuff. Like, it's not something that people genuinely across the board outside of major hip hop heads go, oh, you're horrible for this. Because essentially, Drake went out of his way to just make it very clear. You did a couple of V's for me, a.k.a. a couple of verses. But that does not mean you made my career. That does not mean that you. And so it's like, oh, well, this is small. This it's isn't insignificant to the whole scope of everything that he's done to get to where he is right now. In an MGK, you were not case, wheelchair Jimmy. You <laughs> didn't go to Degrassi. In, in Machine Gun Kelly's case, he he talked about the narrative of Eminem trying to blackball him within the industry, mm-hmm. and if it's true. 
which it seems like it is, and the way that he was talking about it, if you called up Diddy to be like, this guy needs to apologize to me, and then you say he can't come on Shade 4 or 5, which perfectly makes sense. It's your platform, so you don't have to let somebody you don't like on your platform. But then when you go to other executives and say, nah, get him out of here. Don't let him do this. Don't let him do that. That's when it gets a little touchy because now you really are trying to stop somebody from eating. And that says volumes about you because you don't need to do that. Yet again, you're rich. Sit down. And they're both white rappers with daughters. They should be bonding. He said, let's talk about it. <laughs> I'm tired of sweat. He basically said M was trying to be like him. Let's talk about it. Like, I, MGK really did come through with something that I could not believe that he came. Like, I, I was... I was, you were impressed too, right? I was impressed. I really was. I think because we set the bar low for what we were about to hear. No, I didn't. I, I listened to him. You really thought that he was going I listened to, to him. but you thought he was going to come correct though? Yeah, because he, he, he occasionally... See, occasionally. Can, no, but he occasionally will go super hard, especially when it's freestyle and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So when it came to this diss shit, he's like, I got some shit for you. Like, I got some shit oh, I'm for sure, you. I'm sure it's been cooking too. Right. He's like, oh, we can do that. Right. So, yeah, I'm all I'm all here for. Give me more energy. I hope M has a, a response. I heard he's supposed to do something, but we ain't heard nothing. Rabbity rabbit, glickety split. Yeah. Anyway, uh, all right. Next up on the topic list, I am. I have so much to say about this. I don't even know where to go. So, I I think I'm gonna try to start it, but okay. I'm gonna lend this back to you. Now, we all know that Cardi B and Nicki Minaj haven't been feeling each other for a while. They've been trying to hide it and act like everything's okay. But realistically, we all know they don't really fuck with each other. However, what just popped off during Fashion Week in New York City at the Plaza <laughs> was everything you could have ever wanted out of some loving love hip-hop hip -hop dream. Right? Mona Sky Young couldn't have even written that herself. Nah, the producers couldn't have produced that. Right, they wouldn't have wrote anything near this. Cardi B went at Nicki Minaj over Nicki Minaj supposedly liking a tweet. Like, like we, you can't find it now because apparently she unliked it. But when it happened. I don't. This is why I don't know how to talk about that part of it because you either liked or you didn't. So I, I, I'm just gonna say allegedly liked this tweet. I'm gonna read the tweet. So this is alleged. It was a tweet from Cardi B that went out to Kodak Black, and Kodak Black is who Cardi stole the flow to create the song Bodak Yellow, and so she has a sort of relationship with him. Um, so she said, "Welcome back, Kodak." Really happy that he just got out of jail. Somebody responds to that, quotes the tweet and says, the message she is sending as a mother to a baby girl by supporting a rapist is unsettling and uncomfortable to me. Supposedly, Nikki liked that tweet because this is a part of Nikki's like tweets. Somebody took a screen cap of this and they have it. Now, here's what. Here's what I want to say about that. This started a full thing because Cardi felt like that was you coming after her mother's skills. Think about this just slowly before I even get to whether or not I'm hyping or good night in this. People were coming at Nicki Minaj's head for defending or coming to the defense of her brother and not standing against him for the allegations of him being a child molester. Hello. So, when Cardi B is basically bigging up Kodak Black for getting out for, I don't know, rape? She's like, wait, is that, is that okay? That's cool then? So, that's cool. If her brother did it and it was cool, then someone who's not her brother possibly no, so wait. Must be so, cool. the, so it's cool when that happens when she does this for somebody that's not even family she's riding for somebody that's not even family but I'm condemned and y'all not gonna say nothing to her okay okay so a part of me believes that she liked this tweet cause I could see the rationale in that 
Another part of me believes it's Photoshop. And it's awesome because it created drama. And I love drama. So Nikki went on her radio show and actually said, no, she didn't like that. She didn't say this. She never did any of this stuff. So a part of me like feels like, okay. The intern got fired that day. <laughs> Whoever runs her Twitter. <laughs> so, okay. I, I just want to get into what actually took place at the plaza. Mm-hmm. Cardi gets in there, sees her, sees her with her security, goes up to her. On site. Right. And it, it lets her know. I got some bloody shoes. Let's her know, I don't like the way you communicating around my child. Put some respect on my child's name. Culture. And also put some respect on my name. Don't talk about my motherhood skills, basically. I'm paraphrasing all of this Bell's to give context. Bella's a car. <laughs> or whatever her name is. Now, supposedly, and this is supposedly. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying I'm wrong. I don't know what's... The real story here. I'm making this up as I go right now. I'm trying to give context. Supposedly, things get a little heated in that discussion. And Nikki's people push Cardi back. And then that doesn't go well. So then Cardi's people get involved. Nikki's people get involved. And Nikki just kind of like, well, I have security, so I don't even need to talk to you. And just kind of shrugs it off. Cardi goes wild. And he's like, I'll fuck you up, basically. And is trying to swing, blah, blah, blah. So she gets hit in the face by her own security team by mistake. And so she throws her shoe at Nikki. That doesn't go very far. She never even comes close to hitting her. And nothing happens to Nikki. Nikki's fine. She's wearing her same wigs. Loving her life. Same wigs, plural. <laughs> loving her life. While Cardi leaves with a knot on her face. I heard that the knot was from Nikki's security team, supposedly. <laughs> no one could really tell. It was Dicey. so fast. Dicey. All right. As far as hyper good nights are concerned, I'm good nighting the fuck out of this whole situation. I feel like this is the pettiest, most worthless shit of all time to get into it about. And both of them should find out, find out and figure out ways to flourish around one another instead of trying to tear one another down. I really meaningless. Honestly. It's just meaningless. Um what Nicki Minaj just did with her smear campaign after it happened may be one of the funniest ways I've ever seen somebody try to change the narrative on something. Oh, we want to talk about people's character? We want to talk about somebody trying to blackball somebody? You tried to blackball these two strippers. And here they are. You know, that kind Mind of thing. Mind you, the two strippers that supposedly Offset cheated on Cardi with. Right. And on top of that, Nicki made a, a bunch of points around... You're, you're trying to fight against the women. You're having women get beat up by men when you should be checking the guy. It shouldn't be anything against another woman. It should be the guy. It's his responsibility to not stick his dick in something. Bloop. I don't have anything to say on that. But the other point that she was making was around how problematic Cardi B is. She was basically saying, oh, she's called multiple black people and kids monkeys i don't have anything to say to that that's a fact that's not a thing but in cardi's defense she basically like i call everybody that so i feel like i don't know if that's true or not but that was her defense so outside of that she's also basically wished death upon some people's kids before which there's tweets of that there's all this stuff like you can, all that stuff's easy to look up so none of that stuff's necessarily new news, but then when you bring the people on to talk about it and how that made them feel, it changes the narrative a little, and that's what she was going for. So for that, I want to give her credit, but I'm still good night in the whole situation. Go for it. Um, just a correction on the tweets. She had um, basically someone had there four years ago on Twitter. Someone had she had made this comment about how she's not fixing her teeth, which ended up being a lie. <laughs> Um, Tell them hoes that it ain't cheap. <laughs> and she would laugh. Um, and someone, this girl had commented saying that, you know, well, you know, you can easily get it done, blah, blah, blah. But the way that she said it wasn't in a malicious way. She was just saying that, you know, it was an option. And Cardi B <laughs> gets mad and goes on the girl's page. And on the page, I think it said something about her child dying. 
and RIP and everything like that. And so she proceeds to say, well, maybe if you weren't doing drugs, then your, ch- your, your monkey, da 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 your little monkey wouldn't have died or whatever, referring to the, the girl's child as a <sighs> monkey. Um, and Nikki decided to bring the actual girl from those tweets four years ago onto her Queen Radio podcast and talk about the whole thing. Facts. The girl said she had never done drugs in her life. Um, she's black and Dominican. And, and Nikki brought up the girl's race because in the Dominican culture, it is known that it, a lot of Dominicans have intra-racist issues with each other. So when it comes to Dominicans, a lot of them don't really care if you are darker skinned. And so that kind of trickles down into the African-American community where most African-Americans are darker skinned. Um, so Nikki went on to say, like, you know, she doesn't even like black girls. Look at the way that she she refers to black women. Like, we're just all monkeys, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that's a good point. That is a really good point. I am up to good nighting this whole situation as well. I feel like, you know, you can take the girl out the Bronx. You can't you take the Bronx out the girl. You can take the Damn. girl off of love and hip hop, but you can't take the love and hip hop out the girl. And I feel like she really went back to her roots on this. And it wasn't, everyone's like, oh, she shouldn't have done it there. No, she shouldn't have done it at all. I don't care if they were in an alley. I don't care if they were at Anna Winter's house in her backyard. She should have just never done it. And I feel like the thing, this, is, this is the problem with Cardi B. And I've realized this from this fight. The thing that made me like Cardi B over Nikki was that she was very relatable. She was very down to earth. How is she relatable? I, I like having that conversation with people. We can come back to that, but continue. I mean, I can give you an example. Um, she would talk about different things. Like, I remember watching a video of her on IG, and she was talking about how, like, food and hotels are so overpriced. She's like, man, I just want a bowl of cereal, a bowl of cereal, $6. This video was made last year. She had the money to pay that $6 for a bowl of cereal. But even in her fame and her newfound wealth, she still had the sense to realize Yo, just because I have this money doesn't mean that this is the way I want to ball out right now. Like, this is cereal. You can get two to three boxes at the grocery store for $6, which is what she mentioned in her video. So, I'm saying she's relatable in the way that she hasn't let fame get to her head on that notion, I feel like. Whereas, I feel like Nikki has, and she's been famous for a long time, enough for it to be that way. Um, I think she has let fame get to her, but I'll let you continue. I think she's let... I, I think she's let fame and success get to her. Um, That's just, what? It goes hand in hand. Fame does not mean success. Success like, does not mean fame, but in her case, it goes hand in hand. But I was going to say, in a celebrity, and yeah, okay, fair. Okay, continue. So, Sorry. so, Sorry. so the 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 point that I was trying to make was that the thing that I love so much about Cardi is that I see her as a relatable, uh, famous person. Because she is still kind of tied to who she was before she became famous. And she has a personality that people can relate to, that they enjoy laughing with and at. And unfortunately, that same thing that we love about her is the reason why this fight happened. Where she has not changed one bit. And that's the reason why a lot of people love her. Because she has not changed. She's still that same crazy girl from the Bronx that she was when she had 200K IG followers and no one knew that she could rap. She let that same person come out that night. So the same girl who would take her earrings off and fight in the Bronx is what came out that night. And I feel like when it comes to this industry, yes, be true to yourself, but know the time and the place for everything. And at some point, you're going to have to get past all that. I'm going to come full circle. I'm going to come full circle on this and say, this reminds me of your story. So you have this bigger girl who's on the train and a smaller girl who perpetrates. The bigger girl's like, nah, 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 whatever. And she's staying, you know, to herself. The smaller girl keeps perpetrating. And eventually the bigger girl snaps. And she's like, you have crossed the line. I'm throwing you off the train. And that's exactly what Cardi did. 
We have this bigger fish, Nicki Minaj, who has been running the, I'll say rap game and female rap game for the longest time without competition from any females on that note. If if Nicki was um, nominated for any award, we always knew that it was going to be her for female rap artists. It's like a given. And now she's at a point where she feels like her title is being threatened. And so she keeps snapping at Cardi in different ways like she has been. And at this point, Cardi was like, I'm a snap. And that's what she did. Do I condone it? No. Can I see how it happened? Yes. So I'm good nighting it. And you're shaking your head, but we both good nighted it. So, so, what were you so here's the difference between where you go with that versus where I go with that. And this actually starts a full another line of like Twitter communication. I don't know if we can have this conversation, but it, it it's all about this. Specifically, you brought up kind of time and place. Like there's time and place for everything. There's basically. never a time to fight. And then you, wait, well, you followed up with basically, but you should have just never did it. Right. Right. But if you're going to so address in, someone, don't do it in that setting. In general. Why? That's not the setting to do it at. Because you don't know what's going to pop up. So, so this is exactly how Black Twitter was reacting to this. It was, oh, could you try to impress Massa? Is that what you're trying to do? Every, everybody wants to make everything racial. If they're at the BET Awards, I would say don't do it there either. That's not Massa. That's our own people. But here you are, you're perpetrating the idea of what people think of us already. And that is not just white people. We have people in Africa that look at black Americans as the girls on love and hip hop. Like this is the way that we must act on the regular. So at that, I'm not trying to make this special because that's not what it is to me. It's just about how are you representing yourself, first of all, and how does that trickle down to how you're representing everyone else? Who is a black female or a woman of color or just a woman in general? Why would Cardi or Nikki have to take the burden of all colored women on their backs just in one setting? That's unfair. And unfortunately, but that's the burden that a lot of black women in any industry that are exposed on that level unfortunately have. I'm not saying they are responsible entirely. All I'm saying is that, of course, that would not be the setting to do that, whether you're white or black. It's just not the setting. If Lindsay Lohan was there and Paris Hilton was there and they had beef and Lindsay's throwing her red bottom, I wouldn't be like, okay, it's cool because it's amongst your people. I'm saying in a genetic, I'm not genetic, in a general sense, I can't even talk, that's not acceptable. But because I'm a black woman, it affects me on a different level. Because now you've done this and they already think black women are this and that. And, and, and we have to try so hard just to be looked at as like everybody else. This is just setting us back a couple notches. That's all I'm saying. All right. All right. I think we both set our piece on this. The Cardi and Nikki conversation is always going to be good. The the next one, and, and there's no easy way to do this. Uh, this brings up a very somber point. Um, Mac Miller died at age 26. I believe Karen Sybil is who found his body. It was? Um, there's oh, a picture wow. of Karen Sybil coming out. And um, I'm pretty sure that is the person who found him. Um, he overdosed, um, which is unfortunate. Um the Mac Miller thing is hard for me because I actually genuinely liked, I've, I've liked him for a while, like a while, like it was probably six years of me liking him as a hip hop artist in general. Um, so not that I, I took it like personally, but I was like, damn, like, that's not. That's so, a good one gone. Yeah. Like what? Why? Why? There's no good answer for that. Addiction is, it is what it is. So, the question here is, as far as Mac Miller is concerned, um, when you think of the drug crisis and what's happened, do you believe that hip-hop culture is the reason why he's no longer here? With all the the perpetuating of pill usage, 
um, and other drugs, do you think hip hop is what causes death? Like, hyper good night. Like, agree or disagree? I don't think it was hip hop necessarily. I think it was. You don't think that plays in? Can I finish my sentence? Go for it. I don't think it was hip hop necessarily. I do think it was the entertainment industry as a whole because you have actors dying from the same thing. They are taking the same drugs that these rappers take. They just don't have a platform to, to brag about it. You know what I'm saying? So the, that rap world that that glorifies Xanax, Lean, everything, the only reason we know about it is because they glorify it in their songs. While actors are doing the same thing, directors, producers, people behind the scenes are doing the same thing you just don't know about it. It's a hush, hush It's more of a hush-hush society about that. Um, so I, I'm just gonna say no. It wasn't necessarily hip hop. Hip hop definitely played a part because they do glorify it. But being in the industry as a whole, so many people have died from that. What yeah. do you think? These these are. This is tough because. Hip-hop, to me, serves a bunch of purposes. Like, clearly. Like, there's so many different forms. There's so many different categories. Um, but in the past five years, a lot of focus has been put on prescription drugs and either liquid form or pill form. And I don't know... I don't know what the impact of that is on the youth. But what I do know is there's a bunch of the youth that are going out of their way to try to spice up their life in quotes and just have some form of a good time because somebody on a record said do it. I believe in choice and I think people make their own choices. So if you make the choice to go do this, that's on you. But I can't act like, you know, hip-hop doesn't play a factor into this stuff. Like, if you hear Future's one of his biggest songs, Mask Off, Percocet, Molly Percocet. Like, are we seriously? You, you, are you rhyming? That's a hit song. That's your hook. It's not... They're playing it on the radio, not blurring anything out. What are we doing? So, I mean, to your question, I don't think that hip-hop was the main force or inspiration that led him to this i i'm just saying i think it's the entertainment industry as a whole but i do think that hip-hop is the industry that promotes it because they talk about it and because they glorify it and you have a catchy beat behind and before you know it you're saying something and before you know you're doing it you know yeah and it's just sad it's it's so, really sad so i guess my answer to that whole thing is hype night like, I genuinely believe hip-hop does play a role in this. I can't act like it doesn't. But at the same time, um, you do have to take ownership. I can't, I'm not trying to say this about a dead person. I'm saying you have to take ownership of your responsibilities to make sure your life is fine. So it's a double-edged sword. It's not just hip-hop's fault. You also played into it. And again, that's, no, that's not blasphemy towards Mac or anything like that. Okay, anyway. Really bad. Okay. Um, next topic. Talking about Ari? Coming out of his death, and by him, I mean Mac Miller, Ariana Grande was trending. Now, Ariana Grande is his ex-girlfriend, but the reason why she was trending was because there were so many people that were blaming her for his death. Because she split up with him years ago. No, she split up with him in May. They went back off, back and forth off and on, though. Let me be very clear. Like, they were on, they were off. They were on, they were off. And they got back and were study, and then she was like, oh, I can't do this. And a part of the reason why she couldn't do it was what you just saw. Now, is that wrong? I am not here to speak on any of that because I am not saying any of this shit is her fault. But the shit that I saw on Twitter has blew me away. 
I've never seen that kind of hate and angst against someone that hadn't done anything wrong. It was weird. So I would I would ask you, hyper good night to any of this from the trolls oh. around saying it's her fault. I mean, I'm definitely gonna good night it. The reason now see this is the thing about me. I can be against something, but I can see the reason why it's happening. And the reason why this is happening is because her and Mac Miller were together off and on for two years. They broke up in May. And she got engaged at, I think, the tail end of June, July. So a lot of people are accusing her of cheating on Mac Miller with her fiancé now because of the quickness and how she got with him and how they got engaged. And so people feel like if you knew Mac Miller had a drug or an abuse, drug abuse issue, why would you then break up with him to bounce into another relationship and get engaged? Um... I would also like to note that after they broke up in May, Mac Miller got into a car accident. He totaled his G wagon, and he had a he had a DUI. And when that happened, they also blamed Ariana Grande for that. I mean, if you're gonna blame Ariana Grande for that, are you gonna blame her for what happened in Manchester? Because, and that's not even <laughs> well, to be that's not even to well, be funny. She was kind of blamed for that. Yeah, and she was. But that's the thing. It's like, you're blaming this one person for what someone else has chosen to do with their life or other people's lives. How do you do that? You can't. There's no possible way. Um, There's someone that I know that is actually in a marriage that she is dissolving. And they were together for years and she realized he was bipolar within the marriage. And the things that she told me that he did was past embarrassing to the point where she didn't even know how to be with him, how to have a healthy relationship with him because he didn't have a healthy relationship with himself and he wasn't interested in having one. It's fair. So it's like at some point you have to take the responsibility off of the person that is with the person that needs to take responsibility for themselves. Think about that. Um, I'm definitely good nighting this. <laughs> I'm definitely good nighting this because I I don't understand how people can can assign death to someone. Like you are the the reason why this person OD'd. You are the reason why this person decided to do X Y Z. You are the reason. At the end of the day, no matter how much help you give someone, if they do not want to help themselves then they are going to suffer the repercussions of that. Facts. Unfortunately, Facts. there's no way you can babysit someone 24-7. Everything could be good while you're around them. And you could be setting them on that nice, good, clean track. But when they are at the lowest of their lows and you are not around, and they slip and they relapse, is it still your fault? There was actually a report online that one of Mac Miller's good friends actually is on Ariana Grande's side and said she did everything she could do when they were together. She did everything that she could do. It's not her fault. And she's been nothing but supportive of him. But this is exactly why I want to say good night to anybody. I don't care, troll, regular fan, whatever that's accusing her. And by her, I mean Ariana Grande. Because I feel bad. She... She was being pressed to put up a post or say anything, whether it was Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. Like, you did this, so you should do something for it. Or it should be you. Like, what? And so then she puts up an Instagram photo of him, turns off the comments within the first 20 minutes because, of course, people are like, well, this is your fault. How is it her fault? What the fuck are you talking about? He even admitted, like, everything's good. I'm happy for her before you exactly. die. What the fuck are you guys talking about? It's almost like if someone were to commit suicide in your household, and I would never wish that on anyone, would you say it was your fault that that happened? Would you say it was your fault? Because you knew the person and because you had a close relationship with them? You already have a certain amount of guilt as someone's ex-girlfriend 
and you find out that they harm themselves to the point of death, <laughs> and then you're dealing with the guilt that people are putting on you because they don't want to believe that their favorite did this to themselves. Facts. Wow. Big facts. That's insane. That is truly insane. Okay. This is the last subject of the day. We've covered a lot of ground. We've talked about a lot of things. But one of my favorite athletes in the world was playing for the championship the other night. Serena Williams was against Naomi. And if you guys haven't seen the footage or you don't know what we're talking about, Serena ends up getting into it with an umpire. The umpire accused her of receiving coaching, meaning in the her coach is outside of the standard uh, seats that would be in the front row. He's a little bit in the back. And if they're throwing signs at each other, trying to communicate, that's considered wrong. Uh, on top of the fact that she was called for something that she didn't do, uh, she then got a penalty for slamming her racket, which she should have gotten. And then the third strike, and this is how everything blew up, uh, she was basically saying, you're a thief. You took points away from me. So by calling him a name, that set him off. And essentially, Serena ends up losing a game out of a set, which you need to get six games in order to win a set. Uh, it is one of the worst things I've watched in all the time that I've been watching sports. Because Serena Williams was actually fighting for a lot more than what she needed to be fighting for in an actual tennis match, which speaks volumes around black women and what they have to go through consistently. Serena Williams was not only calling out patriarchy slash sexism in the way that she's talking to him in the same way that men would talk to him and nothing happens to them. Not only that, but then she also was covering the ground of, hey, uh, I have a daughter at the end of the day. So you're calling into question my character. You're basically calling me a liar and saying that I accepted coaching when I would never do that. She even said, I would rather lose than to cheat to win. Put all of that out there. Nike needs to just do this slogan that, already. For real. Put that on a freaking t-shirt. I'll buy it. Right. Put some respect on her name. Uh, and then on a final note, not only is she doing the fighting for, you know, sexism, and fighting against sexism and patriarchy, but she's basically trying to win a championship. To try to do all those things in one match is crazy. So I want to say I'm hyped for Serena for actually standing her ground, although Tennis Twitter and tennis uh, aficionados were either really proud of her for standing her ground or really mad at her, as they always are, for not being, quote unquote, a lady or acting the way that they think a woman should act. And that's what I find sad. Leave it to you. Um, I'm clearly good nighting. I'm goodnighting what happened to her, but I'm hyping her response. I feel like her response was classy. It was sophisticated. It was succinct. It was powerful. And, I mean, she literally said, he wasn't providing me coaching, and I wouldn't expect you to know that. That's quite obvious because you don't know what different coaches do with their different players. She was very respectful in her response. Very respectful. And we know how passionate she gets about the game. And she could have said so many other things. Trust and believe in the heat of that moment, it could have been a lot worse. But people are paying her out to be the this angry black bully, woman. the angry black woman, yep. the loud, brash, whatever. And I just feel like not only in sports, but just in life, it's like, and I, I won't even say this for black women, but for black people, people don't want to see us succeed. Hello. And at the point where we're succeeding at the things that other races should be succeeding at, Hello. I won't say which ones, because it could be a plethora of them. Just I'm anyone that's not us. Preach. That's when they want to tie down us and put barriers on us. Ooh. Serena can't wear a bodysuit. Okay. She wears a tutu. Serena I can't get a thumbs up because she's cheating. Okay, fine. She doesn't win the game. But you know what? 
Serena has a loving husband. She has a gorgeous child. 23 she championships has, and almost is one away from being the GOAT. Anyway. After, um, what's her face? Uh, freaking, I'm sorry, Maria Sharapova. Wasn't she the highest paid uh, women's tennis player? After she failed her drug test, now Serena is the highest paid um, at woman athlete. She has a building on the Nike campus named after her. She has her own Virgil Abloh off-white shoe. Like, do what you want because she's still going to prevail. And I feel like yeah. tennis is not a black sport, but she's made it a black sport because she run. like you said before, Lauren, she runs tennis. She is tennis. When you think tennis, you don't think these little Joe Schmoes from Russia and Whoever that we never heard of. You think Serena Williams. You think Venus Williams. Um, and I just feel like at any given point when, when black people are prevailing from the obstacles that are put in front of us every day, there has to be someone that tears us down because they're surprised that we've gotten that far. And all we have to keep doing is keep going further. That's it. And Ooh. this girl just had a baby. I love Avia today. Like what? I love Avia today. So at the point where you see a girl who could be going through postpartum depression, you don't even know. But she's out here killing the game better than almost a 20-year-old. Bloop. Who has barely gone through puberty. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say anything. Okay. I'm not saying anything about Naomi. puberty. All I'm saying is people don't like seeing us win. And at the point where we're winning... They will throw a roadblock our way to prevent us from doing it again. One thing that I really have a distaste for is that Australian newspaper that showed her looking like a crazed animal. And then they the picture that they painted of Naomi was like almost like a Caucasian woman. And we already know Australia has huge issues with race. Hello. But to do that... It's just blatantly disrespectful. And it's almost like they don't want to give us the credit that is right there in front of their faces. And that's fine. Because at the end of the day, guess who's going to be in the history books? The goat. <laughs> the motherfucking goat. That's all I got to say about that. <sighs> I appreciate this. And just like that, you should be hearing the music. This has been fun. From Childish Gambino, <laughs> Lawrence Glover, Smithson Gambino. Y'all know he looks like Childish Gambino. Um, you can catch us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Store, um, and we're on Instagram. So look us up at Goodnight Harlem. Good night.